Greetings this morning to each one of you. Let's uh, begin with a word of prayer here. <clears throat> Dear Heavenly Father, we gather before you this morning. Lord, we want to hear uh, what your will fo- is for us. We want to hear from your word, Father, and that you would just give me a clarity of mind and, and uh, thought as I share here what you've laid on my heart. Pray, Father, that it could be a blessing and encouragement to each of the brothers and sisters here this morning. And those that may be listening in, pray, Father, that you would touch them to a special blessing. Thank you and praise you for your goodness to us. In Jesus' name, amen. I thought it was kind of interesting. Um, Both the verse that we or verses that were just read, and one of the songs we sang, I have the wrong number, uh, Will Your Anchor Hold, we sang, I think it was the second to last song we sang, um, sort of go along with what I wanted to share about this morning. I've uh, been thinking quite a bit about this, uh, one particular verse. Um, maybe before I share the verse we'll see if you think of it after I share a few other things Um, as many of you are probably aware and I'm sure are reading and following many of the things going on lately we are living in I don't know, definitely in my lifetime, unprecedented times. I've never seen anything quite like what is going on. Um, I wrote this down in my notes and thought about it later that maybe it wasn't the best wording, but it's a monumental time in history, you could say. Um, Who would have considered five years ago that we would be dealing with something like this? Um, I think five or six years ago, there was a lot of riots going on down in St. Louis, Ferguson specifically, Baltimore, a few other places, but it didn't seem like they actually, uh, it, it came a point in time where the law stepped in and dealt with the lawlessness that was going on, and uh, I don't remember it dragging out as long as what we're currently facing is. It's unimaginable that a country which is seemingly on the cutting edge of everything, except for maybe Christianity, would descend into such chaos, um, such lawlessness. So you have that on one side. Uh, You also have the fear surrounding the virus. Cases have been going up lately. Um, You also think about the election coming this fall which, depending on how it goes, could be the death of the nation, as it were, if it is even still alive, I guess. Um, Iran would love to blow us up. China's aggression towards all of its neighbors, uh, recently taking over Hong Kong more thoroughly, you could say. Uh, Threats toward Taiwan. Building of military bases in the South China Sea. 
And the list goes on and on. And I'm sure I didn't even list things that you're, things that you face from day to day that cause fear. But many of these things could or maybe do cause fear to some of us. And so all of that to lead into this verse that keeps coming back to me over and over as I, I do stay fairly up to date on what's happening and I'm often reminded of this verse in Second uh, Timothy. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. So that's my text verse this morning, and I'd like to dissect that uh, pretty thoroughly in the 20 minutes we have here. Second Timothy 1, verse 7. For God hath not given us a spirit of fear. Okay, so the word spirit here uh, could be described as the disposition or the influence which governs the soul of someone. So in this particular instance, the spirit of fear would mean that fear is what is governing you or me or whoever is, is suffering from that. Um, but it is the spirit of fear which is governing. And it says that God has not given us the spirit of fear. Fear, uh, in this instance we're going to call selfish timidity or a weak selfish character. And I'll explain a little bit more of the thought behind that as we go. But um, when you think of the word fear, Maybe you think to yourself, well, you know, I don't really fear those things. Maybe some of the things I mentioned earlier. But um, I have a whole list of other words that are synonyms of fear. So you, I guess uh, if fear isn't the word for you, maybe one of these other ones will describe how you feel. Terror, fright, fearfulness, horror, alarm, panic, agitation, trepidation. Dread, distress, anxiety, worry, angst, unease, apprehension, nervousness. And the list I took those from, it was about twice as long as what I just read. So there are plenty of, plenty of words that mean fear and plenty of ways to describe it. Um, and God has not given us the spirit of fear. He's not... He does not want us to worry. He does not want us to be anxious or to suffer from anxiety. Or uh, you might have heard the term panic attacks or anxiety attacks. It is not God's will that as Christians we should be suffering from those things. And I'm going to add a couple words in here as we go. I think it would be safe to say that you can continue on in the verse and say, but he has given us a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a spirit of sound of a sound mind. And the spirit of power referred to here uh, we'll call God-supplied spiritual resources for every situation we face. 
so we don't have the spirit of fear, which would cause us to panic, but we have the spirit of power, meaning we have God has given us what it what we need to face the situations that might otherwise cause fear. You don't have to turn there with me, but I'll just mention a verse here in Ephesians. If I can find it. Okay, thank you to the word power here. Um, God supplied spiritual resources. Ephesians 3.20 Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. The power power here is a familiar word to us. Same as, in, as the word power in Timothy. Um, Greek word would be dunamis. I'm, I know I've heard several messages on this word. and I'm sure you probably have too. Um, it's also the same word we see in Luke. They shall see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power. We shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you in Acts. And again, back in Luke, I give you power to tread on the serpents and over all the power of the enemy. Notice the contrast there. God has given us power to tread over all the power of the enemy. Sorry. <coughs> Next word we come to here is uh, love, the spirit of love. It is uh, one place I read called it the God pleasing, others benefiting kind of love. Another word for this would be benevolence. And that is like a disposition to do good. Or we could also say self-sacrificing. Um, I have a couple references to go with that. First Peter 1. Seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. See that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. And then again in First John. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. And the third one in that verse is a sound mind. Um, could say disciplined or self-controlled. Um, a sound mind is uh, antithetical. Let me think here. Basically, directly opposed to or uh, is not compatible with fear mentioned earlier in the verse. Uh, fear often causes. Uh, as some of the other words I read earlier 
anxiety, it causes worry, panic. Those things cause um, disorder, confusion. The description of fear runs totally counter to the description of a sound mind. Discipline, self-controlled, focused maybe. God has given us a spirit of a sound mind. We need to keep our mind focused on God's sovereignty and his purposes. And that's what leads to a disciplined, self-controlled, sound mind. And with that sound mind, we have the confidence to, to press on. Um, I have a couple examples towards the end here. Getting ahead of myself a little bit. When I was describing fear, I used the word uh, a weak, selfish character. And oftentimes, when you think of fear, or when you, if you think about um, fearing something, I often think, or yeah, think of what will happen to me, or you know, what if they come for me, kind of a thing. And you tend to be thinking about yourself. That's why I used, and that's why I described fear as, as being a weak, selfish character. It's because you're not thinking of others. You're not thinking of, of God and His sovereignty, as, as we talked about with the sound mind. Your thoughts tend to come back to yourself. And the thing that you're facing that's so big and so terrible, it's causing uh, worry, anxiety. It's not, it's not, uh, if you're, if you have fear, you're suffering from fear, you're not thinking about the others in the way that we talked about with love, the self-sacrificing, the disposition to do good. seeking and only caring about our personal well-being. But a Christian who walks in power, love, and a sound mind is an unstoppable force for the kingdom of God. Um, The power we've been given is a spiritual power. It's uh, It's not brute physical strength, um, Although there might be times where God has given extra strength to somebody when the when the circumstances called for it, um, but <clears throat> the power is not a uh, physical. Think of uh, Peter in the garden when he chops off the servant's ear. It's not a power in in that sense where Peter's wielding the sword with all his strength. In many cases. Uh, this spiritual power is is the ability to stand silent when accused. Um, many many times it is a quiet thing. It's not a uh, it's not a I can't think of the word I'm looking for. It's not a physical um, strength. So if you are here today and you're you think well I'm sort of on the weak side, I don't really have power. We're not talking about physical physical power, physical strength. Many times God uses the weak 
to overcome the strong. It's a spiritual power to overcome, to wrestle against uh, principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places, as it talks about in Ephesians. Um, A couple of the examples I wanted to share uh, go well with with the next statement I want to make here. It's when a Christian who walks in power and love and a sound mind is met by principalities, powers, and spiritual wickedness in high places. And a Christian stands up against this. Often it is the devil that flees, cowers, shudders, turns to run. And you could say like a dog running with his tail between his legs. Because he recognizes that power. Uh, I read read the verse uh, earlier in Luke. We've been given the power over all the power of the enemy. And he recognizes that when a Christian is willing to stand up and face him. Sorry, my voice got all croaky. So there's, I could think of many uh, missionary stories where there's examples of this. Um, I might just mention a few here. I didn't... uh, I didn't have time to really put together a long section of each of these, but think of Elizabeth Elliot and and uh, Marjorie Saint. After their husbands were killed, they went back with that power of love, or with that spirit of love, the spirit of power to the same tribe who killed their husbands to share the gospel with them. They didn't flee when... <clears throat> When it seemed like Satan was the stronger one, having just killed their husbands, they went back and and faced him. And if you read that story, you'll find um, a miraculous working of God in the hearts of those people. Um, I heard this recently. I didn't actually look it up, but you probably all heard the story of David Wilkerson. And uh, I believe... The way, the way I heard the story, you can correct me if, if I'm wrong in this, but Nicky Cruz had threatened to cut David up into a million pieces, or a thousand pieces maybe. And uh, David said, then it would be a thousand pieces of me still telling you that I love you. That's the kind of spirit of power. <clears throat> he didn't fear. <clears throat> he didn't fear what, what this other man could do to him, but it he had the spirit of power and of love. He knew that God was in control. He had that spirit of a sound mind. Um, think of uh, John. <clears throat> John and Betty Stam. Uh, they were missionaries to China. The. A communist Red Army had come to take over the town they lived in. And as the story goes, they had a picture of Moses, uh, Pharaoh's daughter, taking Moses out of the basket in the river. 
hanging, they had a picture of that hanging on their wall. And as they were taken prisoner, um, that he was sharing with the, with the, uh, uh, what do you call him? With the guy that had come to take them. And uh, he, he, the guy that came to take them made some reference to this picture that he would believe if, if God would save their three-month-old baby, John and Betty's three-month-old baby, just like he did Moses' baby. And I don't have all the details written down here, but to make a long story short, there's a, China, I believe a Chinese man that stepped in to try to save the baby, and they said, well, um, we'll save the baby if we can kill you, basically. So he gave his own life that the baby, by, that this baby might be saved. And the story of that baby's life, I think your name was Helen. I think that's the name. The story that follows of this baby's life is absolutely amazing. Um, how she was saved and lived. Um, but again, John and Betty Stam willing to stand and share the gospel in the face of the persecution that they were receiving. Um, it's also the story of James uh, in the Martyr's Mirror, the story of the Apostle James when he is um, taken to be executed. His executioner basically at at the picture of James willingly being led forth and the calmness and the uh, uh, the lack of fear, I guess you could say, on James led his executioner to also turn and believe. And they were actually, I believe they were beheaded together, according to the story, James and his executioner, because of the power in this uh, spirit of power and of love in James. I, when I heard that story, I thought, wow, that's, that's probably the best example I could come up with to describe what, what this looks like. Um, and then maybe in closing, I'd like to read a poem that I did not have time to write down. E.H. Hamilton, a missionary to China, wrote the poem below to reflect upon and commemorate the martyrdom of his fellow missionary, J.W. Vinson. In October 1931, as Vinson visited some believers 18 miles from his mission station, the area was overwhelmed by a group of 600 bandits. Vinson was taken hostage along with around 150 others. <coughs> offered freedom if he would write a letter to the commanding officer of the government troops telling them to withdraw, Vincent declined unless all the hostages are released. The, the bandit chief refused, and Vincent was shot and killed. His body was later found by another missionary and, and buried there in a missionary cemetery. But as the captors prepared to execute Vincent, waving a gun in his face, they asked him, 
are you afraid? And a girl who witnessed the event later testified that that Vincent replied, No, if you shoot me, I'll go straight to heaven. This incident inspired E.H. Hamilton to write the following poem. Afraid of what? Sorry, let me start again. Afraid of what? To feel the Spirit's glad release. To pass from pain to perfect peace. The strife and strain of life to cease. Afraid of what? Afraid of what? Afraid to see the Savior's face, to hear his welcome, and to trace the glory gleam from wounds of grace. Afraid of that? Afraid of what? A flash, a crash, a pierced heart, brief darkness, light, O heaven's art. A wound of his count. A wound of his, a counterpart. Afraid of that? Afraid of what? To enter into heaven's rest, and yet to serve the master blessed. From service good to service best. Afraid of that? Afraid of what? To do by death what life could not. Baptized with the bloody, with the blood. Let's start again. Afraid of what? To do by death what life could not. Baptized with blood, a stony plot, till souls shall blossom from that spot. Afraid of that? For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Hopefully, you can be encouraged by that today to not fear, to trust God.